Welcome to the Back in Business podcast. We're a team of business journalists, small business people and freelance contractors who are back in business and aiming to help others, particularly enterprising young people, to get back in business. We believe that small business and freelancers are the backbone of the UK economy and that more needs to be done to help the approximately 6 million in total of them. And we want to hear from you. We want your stories. We want your experiences. We want to know the truth about how your business or your contracts are coping with the virus outbreak. Uh, you'll find much more on the website. That's backinbusiness.org.uk. There's no G in backing. So it's backinbusiness.org.uk. Join us. Tell us your stories. It's the stories that count. They stick and they make the important points. I'm Liz Barclay and I'm joined by Mickey Clark. Mickey, things are a bit confusing for businesses and freelancers at the minute, given all the schemes that the government has announced in the last month. What's going on? Well, it's no problem unless you've got a crystal ball. I mean, you get it all sorted. That's the only way you'll follow what's going on. They seem to know how long we're going to be coming out of the economic maelstrom but they're not quite sure when we're going to come out of lockdown. And I'm not quite sure how you could separate the two. But I think, I think confusion, just like we had over Brexit for three years, is, is causing problems for businesses because they don't know what problems they face and what decisions they have to make. We've got the same now with the lockdown. And let's face it, there's going to be a lot of casualties, whichever way we cut it. And is life going to really be the same as it was before the lockdown and and that's the problem businesses face but are we already seeing businesses having gone down the tubes well there's two um last week uh, oasis and warehouse retailers that went to the wall that should come as no surprise you got richard branson going around with a poor hat now i mean <laughs> just all that he's got more money than me um the airline industry is in a terrible state so yeah i, I think i think you're going to see a few casualties and some of them are going to be really eye-watering uh, I saw figures yesterday from the Resolution Foundation that showed that 25% of businesses are shut. There's a vast raft of about 60% that are saying we've had a reduction in revenue coming in. But those 25%, it's possible they'll never open again. No, that's right. And I think um, there's, there's, they're saying that on the high street today that, um, you know, there, there are shops that are just never going to reopen again. Um, some that have, have got stores but feel they're better off going online. Others that are not going to operate at all. Oasis and Warehouse being a, a classic example. Um, but, you know, don't blame it all on COVID. Some are just badly run businesses and some are in sectors such as retail where there's been a, a, a headwind coming for some time. So tell us how it really is out there. Email us. The email address is contact us at backinbusiness.com org.uk that's contact us at backinbusiness.org.uk visit the website find us on linkedin or we're on twitter at business underscore backing no g business no underscore backing no g <laughs> <laughs> and of course one of the features will be our business editor declan curry i laughed when i heard this and i I argued against it, but I got overruled. So we're going to have to listen to what he says on a fairly regular basis. But I'm sure he'll come out with some sense after all these years. Told him everything I knew, and he still knows nothing. Declan. <laughs> your fault. That's because everything you taught me was utterly forgettable from the moment it left your mouth. 
What are you going to be talking about? Well, I'm going to uh, take a look at some of the help that is available out there for businesses that are doing their best to keep going during these difficult times. There are loans, there are grants, there's all sorts of help with tax, with wages, with sick pay. There's different schemes depending on whether you're a large business, a medium-sized business, a small business, a micro business, a tech business. It's quite the array uh, of uh, help out there, Mickey. To give the government credit, they've rolled this out at huge scale in record time. So praise where it's due for making all this help available. But it is a bit of a, a maze and we'll do our best to guide people through it and point them in the right direction. Yeah, as you say, the government have um, put a lot of money together, but of course they're printing most of it. It won't go through on the balance sheet. The damage will come, of course, when a lot of those loans don't get paid back. Yeah, and that's where the government guarantees uh, come in, the guarantees uh, from the government to the banks that if they loan money to businesses, uh, they won't be left entirely on the hook for the whole lot. For large and for medium-sized businesses, the government is guaranteeing to repay 80% uh, of the loans if the borrower defaults, though it is still the responsibility of the original borrower to pay back what they can for micro businesses mickey for really small businesses that only want to borrow a few thousand pounds then the government stepped in with a wholly new scheme uh on this uh where they guarantee to repay a hundred percent of the money that's largely because a lot of the high street banks were looking at the really small companies and saying you know what a two grand loan is barely worth us issuing the paperwork for in terms of our system. So we're not even going to do it. Some of the high street banks weren't offering those types of loans at all. They will now be live within the next couple of days. So is it enough or is there is it still a one size fits all situation? They've they've tried to vary it as much as you can, but you're right. It, it, there, is, there are always winkles with schemes like this where certain people certain businesses will fall through the net so you've got to look very carefully at the guidance that's been published by the government on the different websites there are different rules and regulations and criteria depending on where you are in the country northern ireland has slightly different rules from wales has slightly different rules from scotland which are different from england so if you're in the nations uh, of this united kingdom you really it's probably a good idea to look at your own government website, the Scotland government website, the Wales government website, the website for the executive in Northern Ireland, just to see what's different depending on where you are. So not I just a pretty face. Even, but then again, let's not go there. Um, thank you. Thank you, Declan. Thank you so much for that. <laughs> now, Declan sent so me through a very comprehensive list of all the schemes last night. I am going to make sure that those are on the website we've already got all those uh, government sites links to those that Declan mentioned uh, so come along to the website and you'll find a lot more information that's backinbusiness.org.uk uh, thank you Declan um, and let's talk a bit more about freelancers Simon McVicker our director of policy and communications at Back in Business is with us um, Simon McVicker, what are freelance workers telling you? Well, hello, Liz. Um, I think, uh, you know, at the moment, there's great uncertainty in the freelance community. The government scheme, uh, I think the Chancellor has done his best to cover most freelancers, but 
I think he's fallen into the trap uh, uh, that a lot of people do when they're looking at the freelance community. He doesn't quite get the diversity in the freelance community. And uh, there isn't a one size fits all solution for freelancers. However, the scheme he has brought in will cover the 3.5 million solo traders. And uh, when this money begins to come through in June, and that's two months really since the lockdown, um, these people should be okay if they can survive that long. But people now, and there's reports been done by universities and other institutes, saying there's going to be something like one in five freelancers, 750,000 people who are going to be left high and dry. Uh, there's going to be no schemes at all for them. And, uh, and this is going to hit certain sectors, very, very um, important sectors. There's going to be a lot of young people hit by this, people who are taking an entrepreneurial risk to go out on their own. It's going to hit uh, people in their 50s and 60s who have decided to move into consultancy later on in their career using their expert base. And also mothers returning to the workplace. Um, these numbers of mothers returning to the workplace have gone through the roof in recent years. I think a lot of women find this a very good solution going into self-employment. But because these people are not able to show trading accounts for the last three years, they cannot claim any of the government's benefits. Also, a lot of these uh, consultant people are running limited companies, one-person limited companies. Uh, some people call them PSC, personal service companies. And in those companies, you uh, employ yourself. And quite a lot of them don't take salaries. They, they pay them things in dividends. And the government will uh, has really just ignored these. And they don't like this type of vehicle anyway, as they've proven in the IR35 changes. And they've, they've left these people high and dry. And, you know, Manchester Metropolitan University is saying in their report that these groups I mentioned, uh, they're potentially devastating for these groups. Um, they're going to be left high and dry. Simon, if we if they are left high and dry, I mean, this is people like you and me we're talking about, um, yeah. and Mickey and Declan, we're all freelance, uh, self-employed people. Um, yeah. If you are in that situation then where you've got no other source of income, your contracts have dried up, you're going to fall back on the government's welfare benefit scheme, the universal credit scheme. And that's not easy to get to get no. either. No, and I mean, a lot of... The other people I'm talking about are probably at the higher income end anyway, and, and whether they qualify for some of these government schemes, I don't know. Um, the one thing I will say is, if we look at the last big crash in 2008, 2009, the one thing that happened there was uh, big companies were very reluctant to employ people for quite a few years after that, and they turned to contractors and freelancers uh, as a stopgap measure. And so, therefore, there may be in the sort of mid, medium term, a bounce back in freelancing. But you've got to survive until then. And that may not be for a year or two. But that's the only silver lining I can see. Okay, um, Simon, I know you're going to be keeping an eye on this um, as we go through this whole crisis, come out the other side. Declan's going to be keeping an eye on what the government's up to and what these schemes uh, are that are coming on board. We'll be hearing from you frequently uh, on the podcast. Thank you very much indeed. But please, we want to hear your story. You are the business people. You are the people who are freelance. We want to hear how you're coping through the crisis. Contact us at backinbusiness.org.uk. That's the email address or find us 
on LinkedIn or Twitter. Now, one of the sectors that's worst hit by the COVID-19 lockdown is hospitality. We all know that the pubs are closed at the minute and no one's missing them more than Mickey. But I have to say, Mickey, I think your waistline is improving. Or am I not seeing am I not seeing properly through this Zoom screen? <laughs> Beckman's laughing. Why are you laughing? Oh <laughs> so I'm am single, I. But I'm I, tell single... you, I tell you what, for publicans, this isn't a laughing matter. No, I know, I know. I haven't seen my feet for years, and that's mainly due to publicans. Now, I, I've never met Jenny Bache, but she sounds like a woman that I could really get to know better. She's the missus of the barley mowing maidenhead. Morning, Jenny. Good morning, Mickey. How are you? I'm not too bad. Tell us about you and your pub, because I, I love the name Barley Mow. It's an old-fashioned, traditional name. It is. But about the business and the pub itself, are, are you a tenant, um, a landlord, manager, I'm, a freehold? Yeah, we have a, we have a free... Well, we, we are with Enterprise Inns, um, which is now part of Stonegate. Um, we've had it for 10 years. Uh, and we went free of tie last July, so we oh, we can buy our beer where we like. And that's a big boom to you, isn't it? As, you know, to, to be able to buy your beer at the price you want and, and sell it at the price you want, absolutely, rather than be dictated to by some landlord who hasn't got a clue. And it was it's, it made a massive difference to our business, massive difference. Uh, and I suppose when the lockdown came, it, it was abrupt to say the least. A lot of pubs have complained, breweries as well of having to tip beer away. Has that been the case with you? Yeah, I've just been in the cellar. We've got 19 bags, which are all now going out of date. Um, we had one of the local brewers come the other day and, and tip it in front of me down, down the drain, which pretty much broke my heart. Yeah, I can imagine. I know that one of the, the pub in the next village to us, I know, I know the landlady in there quite well, and she, um, she's offering beer in, in these big milk bottle, four litre jobs, at two pound fifty a pint, is it because it's off sales that you don't pay the, the duty so much on it? No, you have to pay the duty when you buy it. It's it's in when you buy it from the brewer. Oh right, so she's she's doing it. I mean, she's generating business and taking a big hit because normally she'd be charging her at four quid. Absolutely, but and, and anything anything's worth having than nothing, I guess. On day one, when they closed you down, what was the the immediate, your immediate reaction after the initial fear and losing most of your breakfast. Yeah. I mean, what was it? What was the initial problems that you feared most and what actually transpired? It was just so scary. I mean, the, the day that's on the Saturday morning, obviously we closed Friday night, the Saturday morning, the bill turned up for the rent for the next quarter. So I had a bill in front of me for 18 and a half thousand pounds. Um, and it's still racking up weekly. And they're still charging you, even though the premises are not open and you've been instructed by the government of the land to keep it closed. Yeah. Still How do they justify that? They won't speak to us. The, the, the person that we had um, from, from, from Enterprise, they, they're furloughed. And all we've had is emails just saying, we won't, uh, the last one was that they aren't going to collect it, they're still charging it. And you can pay it when it's open. But at that sort of rate, if it goes, you know, six months, we under. So you don't actually know if that money's going to fall due at some point or whether they're saying to you, well, we're going to charge you, but we're not going to collect it, so we'll forget about it. No, they, they are saying they are going to collect it at the moment. But not at a reduced rate because you're not getting the full benefit. They're not getting any. You're not getting any service back up from them, are you? No, nothing at all. 
and, and the insurance companies not aren't paying out on the on the closure either. Have you tried your insurance yes, company? Because yeah. I know dentists are doing, going through. They're, they're threatening to sue um, insurance companies because they reckon about two thousand are about to go bust because the insurers haven't paid out on those premiums. Exactly the same for the pub industry. A lot of a lot of pubs are all getting together um, and and making group claims. And what about business rates? Because I know that's a big bone of contention with many landlords. Um, when you talk to a, a la an ex-landlord whose pub's gone bust, they'll often say to you, it was the business rates what done it. Um, they tipped us over the edge. Are, they, are you still being charged business no, rates? No, there's no business um, rates or, now. How long is that for? For then? the whole, whole of next year, up till next month. Whole, whole of next yeah. year? So it will resume again in 2021? I mean, that, that's, yes. that's a... That's a the, or the yeah 2021 that's that must be a bit of comfort for you absolutely but we, we still haven't got anything to pay we've still got no income coming in we've still got to pay the rent and that is the crippling thing at the moment so no revenue i mean have, have you applied even if you apply to the government for a loan we tried that um, what they turned you down yeah how did you go about it through the banks through the bank yeah and the bank just rejected you they rejected it was that because you had no assets? No, I don't know. There was no, there was no explanation. It was just, we're sorry, but you, you didn't qualify. But right. the, accounts, so, the accounts that we put in were under the Tide model. Well, not many pubs under a Tide model. No, I, I, I can see the point. I mean, do you feel aggrieved by the banks and their actions? Because they'll defend themselves and say, well, we've got a fiduciary duty to shareholders um, to make sure that we don't give out money that's yes. going to, you know, not come back to us. Um, or do you think that they could have been a bit more flexible? I feel, I feel very upset, to be honest, um, about it. We, I, I did it on my own because the accountants wanted quite a lot of money and I'm a, I am a chartered accountant by trade. So I thought I did it, I did it on my own. Um, but it was just, there was no explanation. That's the thing. You can't, there was no contact. You can't ring anybody. It was just an email saying, tough. That's it. And, and when you made the app you just made an application online and got a rejection online i got no i had I had made the application online they sent me an, uh, two spreadsheets to fill out a cash flow and an exp a personal expenditure uh, spreadsheet and i sent that back and then just a no well it's, it still astonishes me i mean in the old days it would be a, at least a bank manager standing there to take the flight but you know, I, I've, yeah, there was no, no contact at all, which is devastating. Yeah, well, keep your fingers crossed and, you know, pedal as hard as you can. Jenny Bache there Absolutely. from the Barley Mowing Maidenhead. I mean, Liz, it's a classic story, isn't it? Mickey, I'm, I'm, I'm just astonished that there's no way of having that interaction and saying, what, why, why have we been turned down? What do we need to do? Is there something else that we could fill in and come back on? But I suspect that this is not... Uh, you know that Jenny is not alone and Jenny we will hear from you uh, as the series goes on because uh, obviously we're at the start of it rather than at the end of it nobody's expecting the pubs to be open again, open again this year so um, well on that basis 80% of the pubs well, in this won't country be viable, won't open again uh, Simon at the end of it exactly no, Simon wants to quickly come business. in and I want to uh, come on to Ian Cass in the hospitality mm. industry Hello, Jenny. Um, have you have you spoken or, or contacted your local MP about this? Uh, I have, yes. Um, I've our local MPs, uh, Theresa May, and I've right. 
she I think she's probably sick of me to be honest because I some influence well it would be nice <laughs> but we uh, I'm still waiting for a reply okay well it would be really good if you could let us know what she says yeah, we'll come we'll come back to okay. Jenny uh, as the series goes on but let me just talk to uh, Ian Cass from the Forum of Private Business. Ian, you're working really closely with the hospitality sector. In your experience so far, how common is Jenny's experience? Uh, Jenny's experience is a very common one. Um, I know Jenny, so, uh, so hi Jenny. Um, yeah, it, 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 I, I guess there's, there's three things that, that really spring to mind with me. Um, one, of the, one of them is the hospitality industry has been struggling for a while, particularly the tenants that work for the big pub cans, because you're really tied for everything that you're buying from them. You know, your, your beer, your crisps, the fruit machine revenue, the lot. So um, most most of those tenants don't make a great deal of money, um, and and they haven't got a lot of choice in in what they buy or the, or the prices that they pay. So the industry's been very fragile for a while, and we've been pointing that out to government for. God, you know, Liz, you've heard me going on about this before, probably four or five years. I have, um, yes. So for, yeah, so, so you're dealing with, with an industry that really um, has been quite badly treated by the pub-owning companies for a, for a number of years, and it's quite fragile. And we were told by the pub co's that, oh, no, everything's fine, everything's rosy in the garden. But unfortunately, this coronavirus... Um, you know, th this pandemic has, has shown just how fragile the business is and it's putting a lot of people under pressure. So can um, you, uh, Ian, can you quantify, can you quantify at this stage what kind of an impact this, the virus is going to have on that already fragile industry? Well, you, you yeah, I mean, pub, pubs, pubs may well close. Um, you know, Jenny's point is a good one. They, they were told that they were going to get this 25 a grant and straight away the pub companies saw that as rent for them not a, not as a means of, of of the pub surviving it was great we can get our rent and the and the main pub co's through the british beer and pub association wrote to the chancellor and asked that the chancellor paid the grants directly to the pub companies not to the pub tenants so that they could take their rent straight away. They've seen that grant as a means of paying themselves rent, um, rather than as a, maybe as a wider means of, of, of keeping the pub surviving. And that's wrong. Ian, it's Mickey Clark here. Um, I mean, yeah. you're quite right. Everything you've said so far is very familiar to me. I would go so far to say that the, um, tenanted situation in this country is a bus business plan. It always has been. You, you know, the, most of these landlords, because that's what they are, property companies would be a better description. Exactly. Almost went bust building up these chains of pubs. They basically can't yeah. run a booze up in a brewery. Um, you know, either you're a property company or you're a pub operator. If your weather spoon's fine, it's not my sort of pub, but I appreciate he runs a very good outfit. But these are trying to do the two things together, and it doesn't gel, does it? No, no you, God, you, you're so right. And, it, and it's government, see, they still see them as 
kind of these genial pub operating companies. And a lot of them aren't. They don't brew beer. They are property-owning businesses. And you're right, they leveraged... When money was cheap, this goes back to 2008 and the crash, they, they lent... They, they took on a hell of a lot of debt. You know, Jenny talks about EI going to Stonegate. There's a massive amount of debt still around that business. Um, so you've got these pub operating companies with huge debts. Um, they still have to pay, you know, the interest on those debts. And the only, the only asset they've got is the pubs and the people in them. So they're taking the money, you know, straight away from the tenants as a means of fueling that debt. They're just very inefficiently run businesses. You are, you've articulated it far better than I could, mate. <laughs> Declan has got a question for you, Ian. Yeah. Well, just to drop in something from the pub's code adjudicator, which is supposedly the regulator uh, for uh, this sector, uh, it uh, says that it has called on the six regulated pub-owning businesses to demonstrate how they propose to support all their tied tenants through the uh, COVID uh, crisis. The uh, regulator says we've made it clear to pub-owning businesses uh, that uh, they must demonstrate a fair and transparent approach. Well, let's see just how many teeth this watchdog it has got as this happened. Um, it, it's, it's called the, it's called the yeah. pub code adjudicator, but he has no adjudication powers. He can only arbitrate. So he can't set precedent. He can't, you know, it, it, it's, that's a flawed model in its own right. But the code, what it should have done, the pub code, to try and keep it simple, they, they'd seen that the power was laying with the pub companies and they were abusing that power. They were allowed to self-regulate. They didn't do it. So they were regulated against. You're not regulated against if you're behaving in a nice, friendly manner. And the pub code was put into place. And a key part of that pub code was that if a pub tenant felt that the tenancy agreement that you know was unfair, they weren't happy with that, they had the right to go for something called a market rent only option, where they would pay the property owning company that Mickey refers to. They would pay them a fair rent and they would basically be able to operate in a free manner and buy whatever products they wanted from wherever they wanted. And that was a key part of the code. But in four years, it's never been implemented. I don't believe anybody's actually achieved a market rent only option. That's another story that we could go yeah. down, but that certainly um, doesn't help matters. That was supposed to level the playing field and it never has. Um, Ian, Ian, I'm I'm just wondering um, uh, as a final point here, and we will come back to this uh, because this yeah. lot could talk about pubs all day. Um, I quite like them myself. <laughs> but if we see this pub sector not recovering uh, to any great extent, how much is UK PLC going to lose as a result? Well, it'll lose a lot of income and it'll also lose a hell of a lot of jobs because when you think of it, you know, every small pub probably, you know, employs, you know, cleaner, husband and wife team running it, full-time staff, part-time staff, kitchen staff. Um, so it, 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 it will be serious. And unfortunately, we're not going to know how many of these tenancies are closed um, until, you know, the, the area manager goes in and finds the keys on the doorstep. I, can I just add one other quick thing, and I will make it quick. You mentioned the bank loans in there, and I do think that's a big issue. 
and, and why the government thought that the big banks who really have been not supporting small business, you know, you, they, they took away the local advisors, local branches, they don't really seem to want small business as customers. Why anybody thought that they'd be able to get these C-bills loans through, which Jenny was talking about going for, is beyond me because they're really not supporting that at all. They'd have been better going to alternative providers and smaller um, banks and starter banks and getting them to manage the process rather than relying on the likes of Lloyds and Barclays and people like that. Uh, Ian, there, again, there's an, a whole other discussion there. And again, we will come Absolutely, back to it. Yeah. We'll look at the behaviour of the banks. Thank you very, very much indeed for joining us. Um, I have to say that's all for this week, but we do want to hear from you. How is your business doing? Not just in the pub sector, but right across all the various sectors. Will you survive? Do you think that the government needs to do more or is the government getting it right? How is your sector affected? Are you planning to bring back furloughed employees? How, what are the long-term changes that you think that will have to be made? So email us. The email address again is contact us at backinbusiness.org.uk. Visit the website, find us on LinkedIn. We're on Twitter at business underscore backin. We want your experiences, your stories, your questions. And next week, join us. We'll be talking to the Shadow Chancellor, Annalise Dodds, and it's by from Mickey, from me, from Simon, from Declan, Jenny and Ian, thank you very much for joining us. Bye for now. See you next week. Mm -hmm.